Hello, hello. Welcome back yet again to another edition of the Have You Seen Podcast. I am your host, Mike Bibbins, joined today by two guests, frequent collaborators. You should know them if you've been listening in the past. Maurice Williams at Mind of Reese on Instagram at M of R25 on Twitter. Reese, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me, sir. Bro pulled out the the, the Hey, come on, man. Joe out here, like, <laughs> they can't see me. Why you <laughs> he rolled up on the camera? Real smooth with it. Too. Up with it. <laughs> hey yo, Thanks, baby don't cakes. ever make that sound again. Don't... <laughs> hey, go go skip me, man. Go ahead, man. <laughs> Back on track, back on track. <laughs> and this, this, this second guest, uh, another frequent collaborator. I can't remember the last time that you were on, actually, now that I think about it, but I did just put out the uh, the Zola review. I had to move it over to this feed, so I just put that one out. I was listening to her earlier. Uh, Shy Miller of the Uncool Urban, at Shy Miller 13 on Twitter. She said, at Shy Miller on Instagram, right? Correct. How you doing, Shy? Oh, man, better than I was before. She don't put it like that. That's for me to know and for y'all to know and for them not to know. I got you. I got you. Uh, welcome back to the show. So today we're talking about Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Some background info before we get into this. The movie has a ensemble cast. Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly, Michael Douglas, Michelle Pfeiffer. Jonathan Majors, featuring a new Cassie Lang and Catherine Newton. Uh, she was in the movie Freaky. It's like a horror version of Freaky Friday with Vince Vaughn. I actually enjoyed that movie. Uh, Bill Murray appears in this movie as well. Uh, Katie M. O'Brien, or Katie, yeah, Katie M. O'Brien uh, from Z Nation, Black Lightning, Westworld, and The Walking Dead. And then William Jackson Harper from midsummer and the good place finally i gotta mention the homie randall park made a nice cameo uh which was necessary i needed that for the ant-man continuity the movie is directed by peyton reed uh this is the second mcu trilogy that was directed completely by one director spider-man is the other one this one was written well, writing credits were given to Jack Kirby, of course, and then it was written by Jeff Loveness of Rick and Morty fame. And this is the first Ant-Man movie where Paul Rudd did not participate in the writing of the script. I want all of these things to be kept in mind as we get into this. Uh, quick synopsis of the movie. Scott Lang and Hope Van Dyne along with Hank Pym and Janet Van Dyne, explore the quantum realm where they interact with strange creatures and embark on an adventure that goes beyond the limits of what they thought was possible. I think that's a pretty solid description, if I do say so myself. First thing I have to ask before we get into this is, what expectations did you have for this movie, if any, 
you know, myself, I, I actually successfully avoided any spoilers, any trailers, everything. I avoided it all somehow. I don't know how. But did you have any expectations for this movie coming in, Reese? Um, I did have expectations for this movie. I try not to, but, you know, after phase four, I feel like I was owed some expectations, um, especially the way they pitched this, the way they talked about it. Um, I expected this to have huge implications on the MCU going forward, especially considering the fact that it was introducing us, so to speak. Uh, if you put Loki aside, because that wasn't necessarily Kang, it's introducing us to Kang, who is the was supposed to be the big bad for phase five going forward. Uh, so that's a huge first impression. Um, this was potentially the final film in the Ant-Man trilogy. Uh, we don't know if we're going to get a fourth one. Only one other character has gotten a fourth one outside of a trilogy so far. Um, so, yeah, I did have expectations for this. Um, whether they were met remains to be talked about. Okay. Uh, did you have any expectations for this one? Two words. It's Ant-Man. Those were my expectations. <laughs> I was like, those movies are literally like, okay, they're meant to make you laugh and to entertain. Those were my only expectations. Yes, I'm a big fan of Kang, but again, I wasn't expecting too much too soon. And like Reset, Kevin, you owe us, and you owe us big. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about And everybody know who I mean when, when I say Kevin. I have, like, a not-so-secret beef with that, man. Okay. I will say, as far as expectations I did have, because, as you mentioned, it is Ant-Man. One of my favorite – Ant-Man had actually become my favorite, uh, I guess, remaining person of the people – of uh, that that original group uh as far as everybody that's gone if we eliminate that group ant-man was my favorite carryover that was left over um and one of my favorite things about the movies is the relationship he had with his daughter that was i felt one of the things it gives the movie heart that some of those movies don't necessarily have and it, it makes his character relatable in a you know, he's a dad who made some mistakes and was trying to get his life back on track. Like, that's that's a real story. You know what I mean? So that's seeing that carry over as she gets older was what I was looking for. Main thing. And then, of course, I wanted to see how formidable they made Kang. And as Reese said, we will get into whether or not they accomplished these things. Um, before we get deeper into this, uh, we'll get into some spoilers here in a minute. I'm not going to ask for a rating straight up. I'm going to ask trash, mid, or above mid. Where would you go for this movie? Mid. Shot? Honestly, yeah, it was mid. But not because of anything too specific. It's just that... Mm, it left a lot of meat on the bone. Let's just put it that way. It was mid. Would you say it's the worst Ant-Man movie? 
No, hell no. Nope. <laughs> Ant Man and the Wasp is garbage. I hated that movie. The fact that <laughs> the I, movie. look, the fact that I had to watch it two or three times to get through it was when I knew because I went to the theaters and I think I like dozed off on it. So when it was on Disney Plus, I watched it and like I had to cut it up in order to finish it. The Ant-Man first one Wasp is in my bottom five. Oh man. This ain't close to my bottom five. Okay. In the slightest. I think that's I a good agree with Reese on that. <laughs> I think that's a good barometer for, for people's expectations. Let's get into let's get into the conversation about this movie. So as I mentioned, one of my favorite things about the Ant-Man movies was the relationship with him and his daughter. I think four different actresses have played his daughter at this point. Might be three. Four. Might be three. Three. The same little girl played her in the first and second one. Someone different played her in Endgame, and Catherine Newton played her here. Yeah, I knew they they had to age her up faster than that little girl was growing up. So it made sense to have a, a new actress for the Avengers movie. They didn't have to do it here. And I mentioned I like Catherine Newton in Freaky, but I did not like her in this movie, keeping it 100. I ain't even gonna hold back. Um, um yeah, Cassie wasn't. It felt yeah. like she was in a different room during every single scene she was in. Like they were not looking at each other, talking to each other. She was just there. Their entire relationship bothered me. Yeah, she was treating him like he had just recently got out the clink. I'm like, man, he an adventure. First of all, little last girl, I saved the fucking world. If it wasn't Boom. for me, your daddy wouldn't even be. If it wasn't for me and that rat, your daddy wouldn't even be around right now. You wouldn't even be around right now. That's first of all. Second of all, you didn't watch the trailers for this movie. You know I did. The way they described it in the trailers, this was a completely different movie. In the Facts. trailers, they made it Facts. seem like. <laughs> in the trailers, they made it seem like the deal between him and Kang was going to be, hey, I can send you back in time and you can get that time back you lost with your daughter in those years you were gone. It made it seem like that was the main... Yeah, that was... I want you to watch the trailer now that you've seen the movie and tell me what you would have thought going into it, what it would have been. Because they pitched it as... Was Scott and him. They pitched it as like, Scott Scott is messed up or conflicted because he lost time with his daughter. And they did touch on that a bit in this, like, oh, he doesn't know his daughter, excuse me, doesn't know what's going on with her. But they didn't even dive into it, really. And in in, even in the trailer, they showed the thing, oh, we had a deal. And I'm thinking, all right, you know, he's going to send him back in time so he can spend that time with his young daughter that he missed. But they didn't, they didn't dive into that at all like again they made it seem like it was a conflict between scott and kang and that's not who the conflict was with do you know if it was janet and kang was and then it was so pissed i was so pissed when i was like wait what (laughs) (laughs) this is between these two characters not the characters they showed in the trailer so yeah they they manipulated us I'm going to play this trailer. Let me know if it's the right trailer, if you can hear it, first of all. 
myself a lot of questions. Scott, you're an ex-con. I pick first. How are you, an Avenger? Thou. That doesn't make sense. But everywhere I go, people tell me the same thing. Thank you, Spider-Man. People still need help, Dad. That's. Is this the right trailer? Mm-hmm. Okay. Why we made this? It's like a satellite for deep space, but Quana. Wait, wait a minute. You're sending a signal down to the quantum realm. Turn it off. Now. See what I mean? Yeah. That's a different movie. And it I'm thinking about it. Like, you know, let's say he gets there, he gets there quickly, and it becomes a, a like an Ant-Man having to debate whether or not he wants to go back in time or he realizes that it's gonna cause problems or whatever. Whatever that's can- a better movie. So two th- two two parts of this kind of make, make me a little bit upset. The first part is, so first of all, Emma Furman, she was the one that, she was the girl that played Cassie in Aveng- the Avengers movie. Was it Endgame? Yeah. She said she didn't know she was recast until the day they released it on like the media day thing. Damn. She didn't realize she was recast. That's worse than an old boy who found that he was getting traded via FaceTime. Right. Like, that's wild. And she was like, you know, I'm thankful for the time I had. You know, I'm thankful for the opportunity. But yeah, she she didn't say anything like crazy, but she she was shocked to find out she was recast initially. She she's handled it professionally. I thought she was great in the movie, but they allegedly, and I didn't follow up on this. Someone said they wanted someone that was more bankable, basically. Like they wanted someone who's carried a movie before. Likely because they have plans for her in the future. But 
this Catherine did not did not bring it home for me. The connection was not there. The way that little girl loved him in the early movies and how desperate she was to see him when he came back in Endgame. This is not the same girl at all. Like it's not only a different person playing the role. The personality jump does not make sense. Like she could not give a shit less about him in this movie from what in the early parts she's doing whatever she wants she's hiding stuff from him that's not the same really daughter father father daughter relationship and it would not change that dramatically after the results of endgame it would have showed up in endgame in my opinion well she was getting away from him what i will say to that is we don't know how much time has passed between now and endgame she's still supposed to be a teenager yeah but we don't know how much time they spent together maybe they've spent time together to where it's like all right you know I've gotten past the, oh my God, I can't believe you're back phase. Which is possible. That's fine. Which is kind of how they tried to word it in the movie. But it still came off mad weak. I didn't like, I just didn't feel they had no chemistry at all. I don't think they had chemistry, no. And even when he was trying to show her how to use the suit, it still was like, eh. (laughs) It's like, that I was like, this is supposed to be your father, right? It seemed like that was just like some random kid he found on the street. And yeah, a suit on him. It feels <laughs> like Hawkeye and Kate Bishop. Like, yes, yeah, perfect analogy for that. Yes, like yeah, I'm like, just gonna teach this kid. Like, I really don't I do. like that you're following me around, but fine. <clears throat> the I fact that Leon, the professional. And Natalie Portman had better chemistry than them two. <laughs> Terms of like apprentice and yeah. And that hurt the movie for me. Cause like I said, that's the one of the main things I go to Ant-Man for. And I could if they made it feel more natural, I could have dealt with it. But it, Catherine Noon, I just think her she's a comedian. She's a comic actress. Like she's funny. And she was too funny. Like that, they went from a very serious person. It's like having Denzel play a character and then replacing Denzel with Martin. Well, what do you mean they had a very serious person play? What do you mean? Because the, the girl that oh, played man, the it can't be Denzel and Don Cheadle. Something like, like Emma. Fern, I don't think that's fair. I just don't think Catherine could not pull off the emotional depth that i think the character that she didn't have the range i felt like every time i looked at her she looked funny like i didn't she read the script i say that's not a fair comparison because the girl who played her in endgame literally had two scenes and she had one speaking line like that facial the facial emotion that's it that's all and she had to express facial emotion in that scene there was no scene written really in this movie where Catherine Newton had to have facial emotion. I wouldn't say they jumped from serious to funny like it's Ant-Man. She's going to have to be funny. It's a funny movie. It's a comedy. I don't mean her actual actions. I just mean I look at her and I can't take her seriously. Zero death. Isn't Emma Furman an orphan? In real life? The orphan. The. I don't think so. No, that's Isabel Furman. Something like that. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, hold up, what? I was yeah. like, nah, no, bro. No, no, no. <laughs> that's not that's not that. I'm gonna see if I what she's actually been in. I don't now that we brought her up several times. 
Um, <clears throat> not a lot. I'm looking, I'm looking. She did one episode of Station 19, one episode of Chicago Fire. She just hasn't been in a lot of stuff. And that's why she lost the job, which I think is stupid, in my opinion. Um, Maybe the plan wasn't at the time, which wouldn't fucking surprise me at this point with Marvel, for her to have a big role in the next movie. And then they were like, oh, we need somebody, you know, with some more experience type thing. You know, they're going to do a Young Avengers thing. I think that's what this is about. They wanted somebody with a little bit more cachet, if you will, that they could push into this Young Avengers thing and actually bring an audience with them. Elizabeth Furman is not bringing an audience with her, but Catherine Newton will. And that's the only thing that actually did blow my skirt up a little bit was the fact that they're bringing these young people in for the Young Avengers, because I'm looking more forward to that, unless they screw that up, too, than anything else. I, so far, this this is the first like chink in the armor for me because we we knew Cassie and this is not the Cassie we knew. And not in the sense that they recast her, it's just, and I get kids grow up, kids change, but it just, I just, I wasn't feeling it. I couldn't feel, I'd never felt, in, I didn't feel a single moment she had in this movie. They tried to make her like she was a revolutionary, like woke kid or whatever. And it just... It didn't, I didn't, I didn't buy it. Again, I'll say that's unfair because she was a child. Like no revolutionary is going to be a child. And you also have to think about the generation we're in. Every goddamn teenager nowadays want to feel like they're a goddamn revolutionary. One thing I will say, they never once hinted while she was the child that she will be some kind of fucking tech genius where she can create a signal to the quantum realm in a basement exactly your grandparents just teaching you all of this in the span of like what a couple years pretty much grandpa all these kids gotta be geniuses grandpa and grandma had no idea she didn't teaching her about the uh quantum grandpa was helping i'm saying grandpa was helping helping her but grandma did had no idea i didn't know what she was doing like in terms of making that signal but oh i'm gonna get to her just teaching her I'm gonna you get, get on Janet too. Now, I'll put it. Huge, look, look. I give a synopsis for Janet. There's a huge like. Michelle Pfeiffer has done this to me in two movies: Elvira and this. Hey, I ain't gonna lie to you. Hey, Michelle Pfeiffer was looking kind of fine in this movie, bro. <laughs> I was look, Reese. I'm not gonna do it with you today. I was about to say, you know what? Yeah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not mad at Michelle Pfeiffer. But I am mad. Again, Elvira and her, I said, these problematic men that you keep attracting. <laughs> so let's get into it. We, we, we can move on from Cassie Lang. Um, Catherine Newton was a miss for me in this one. I hate to say it. I wasn't buying it. I don't. I, as far as characters for the Young Avengers that I'm attached to, I thought I've been. You go back to some of these reviews we've done. I've always brought her up. Cassie Lang as as a character I was looking forward to seeing in these movies. I couldn't care less about this version of Cassie Lang. I'm out. Don't give a shit. They have only hit with like what America so far. America. I would say Miss Miss Marvel is probably my favorite right now. Miss Marvel and Kate Bishop. Kate Bishop. I, like Kate Bishop I don't too. give a flying fuck about America Chavez. I said I that. I like America did. Chavez. I, I said know you that said when that. we did the review. I, I said you could take her out that movie and it wouldn't make a difference for me. 
part of the Young Avengers. She's like the okay. I don't give a shit. <laughs> she had a tough job in that movie. I I'll say that. Now, look, you know job. who they ruined for me was Speed and Wicked. They ruined that for me. T- oh yeah, yeah, fuck them little kids, man. <laughs> fuck them little ruined kids. Ruined that ice for cream me. Kids. And those are two of my favorites. So that's what made it worse. They ruined ice cream for me. <laughs> they did <laughs> everything. Yeah, all of that. They ruined everything. Let's talk about Janet, man. All right, let's get into Janet. So, again, we mentioned for the signal thing, you heard it in the trailer. Cassie and, and Hank Pym somehow has enough lo- alone time to create a signal that they could send to the quantum realm. Why? Who knows? Who knows why they thought this was a good idea that they should be doing? And somehow Janet had no idea this was occurring. And now the time that she finds out and Ant-Man finds out, everybody finds out now that grandpa and, and granddaughter ain't even a real... How she have more chemistry with... You know what? I'm getting off track. She had more chemistry with the grandparents than she had with her dad, and it's, that's goofy to me. because they ain't Correct even, the Mundo. That scene where they were in the dining room was way better than any interaction she had with Paul Rudd. They not even blood. Like, what we doing? Anyway. When did she even start calling them grandpa and grandma? Like, saying, like they were gone. They got blipped. They were gone. Like it ain't like you spent time with them when he wasn't around. So what do we? What, what all I'm saying, is, she kept acting like she had this big connection with. Them. All I'm saying is, if I'm a kid and I'm spending time with my parents' significant others' parents, I'm not calling them grandma and grandpa within two years. Hell no. You are Mr. and Mrs. Pym. Like she ain't I could see if she had no grandparents on the other side, but I don't think that's the case. We didn't even see the mom in this movie. I mean, I guess we didn't need to. They wouldn't need to. They they mentioned her, but yeah, we didn't even see her mom. It it just like I said, it didn't it didn't work for me. But let's get to Janet. So Janet, they 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 she finds out about this thing, and then I guess did we even get an explanation for how they got sucked in there? Because it didn't seem like Kang did it or he would have brought them to him would he not like i think he did was he supposed to have done it i think he was somehow responsible okay so just anyway, for getting them there they get pulled in and now jen is like i should have told y'all this before because pretty much what happened um cassie sent out the signal and then she was like turn it off but it was already too late they had already found him so they got pulled in they got separated blah 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 whatever you got to create some type of tension with the or you got to separate them so they can have individual journeys, whatever. How do y'all feel about Janet? Some for some reason, just not telling anything. I have my personal thoughts, but I want to see how y'all felt first about Janet not mentioning a thing about what occurred while she was down there. I I think we accepted it initially because we assumed she was traumatized by having been down there for thirty years. Because I had no frame of reference for what possibly could have happened. Shard Mayer. Go right ahead, bro. Janet Van Dyne, Janet Pym, whatever the fuck she's calling herself, is a huge issue for me in this movie for two reasons. And I'll get to the last reason, which is the biggest reason. But first, they go to the quantum realm and they're constantly asking her, what aren't you telling us? Why exactly about this? What happened down here? Why are you acting like this? And she's just, and I hate 
when TV shows and movies do this, she said the key words, I'm trying to protect you. You can protect me by telling me what's going on. What are you protecting me from? <laughs> what are you protecting me from? Who are you afraid of? What happened while you were down there? Why didn't you tell you us what happened while you were turn down Turn it off. You just said, turn it off. If you'd have told us what happened while you was down here, we'd have never created it in the first place. Right. That's the biggest issue. The issue that she doesn't want to go back to the quantum realm and she's afraid of the quantum realm and she's afraid of what's in the quantum realm, which brings in the biggest plot hole in this movie. In the mid credit scene of Ant-Man and the Wasp, they were collectively as a group on a roof sending Scott into the quantum realm to retrieve energy for ghosts. She was a part of this. She was okay with this. She was okay with opening a portal to the quantum realm. She was there for this. She was present. Why all of a sudden is she afraid of them even sending a signal, opening a portal, anything of the quantum realm? So I did see one person have an explanation for this. Apparently there's two very, two quantum realms. One is the one where she was stuck, and one is where they sent Scott. And the one where they sent Scott, I don't know so anything is supposed to be there. Like, okay, they sent him to the safe quantum realm. That's fair, I guess. I don't know nothing about this from the comics or nothing. Braun drafted Kyrie. I see that. Um, we'll see how I just ain't leaned on the uh unmute, and I was like, oop, that's all. <laughs> Wait, did he just draft two in a row, or did I miss who y'all just picked? I think you missed Liana's pick. Okay. But that was how it was explained to me. Either way, it feels questionable. Because how do they control that if they don't allegedly understand the quantum realm like that? I guess that makes sense. Didn't they have like a time limit on how long he could be down there? I'm not sure. I don't remember that part. Maybe it was like a situation where she thought he couldn't get detected if he went down there long enough. I don't I don't know. That's fair. That's fair. But my first point still stands. She was acting mad weird. I agree. And that puts me annoyed. Like I hate when movies and shows do that as well, where it's like if you just answer the question right now, Ron drafted Luca. Probably won't happen. <sighs> Ron drafted Luca. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. Because why did he get on backcourt like that? That's nasty Luke, work. How did Luke, how, what is Giannis doing? Giannis picked Ja and Joe. No, Ja, ja and who? Um, Embiid. No, he didn't draft Embiid. Embiid is on Team LeBron. Yeah, yeah, like he better draft Laurie. He gonna draft Joe. Yeah, he had. Tate, yeah, he got Tatum and Ja. Okay. Okay. Why he drafted them? Never mind. I think they got mad at him for drafting the Europeans last time, so he trying to mix it up. Yeah, that's what he's doing. <clears throat> um, this feels racial all of a sudden. Oh my god! Keep going. <laughs> yeah. Um, I already don't like Team LeBron. He literally got out of. <laughs> I'm about to say I'm Team Giannis because he got he got yeah every but. Yeah, Team LeBron's going to win again. 
Obviously. Putting my money on this dude. Giannis want a challenge. That's what that is. Giannis want a challenge. So he let LeBron. He basically him. said, just give me everybody who's on that MVP ladder. I got to hear what they say for Laurie. <laughs> give me my All right, come on. We getting distracted. <laughs> we definitely getting distracted. I got to hear what they say to marketing real quick. Him taking the Mavs backcourt just, I said, bro, you trying to get them both to L.A.? It's, it's just sick work. Whatever, man. All right. All right, I don't know what's going on in the rest of this crap, but um <clears throat> it's more scripted than like wrestling right here. <laughs> you think they got the script in their hands? That's what that is. This is man. All right, so she didn't tell them they end up in the thing. Um as far as this world that we get put into, it gives us context for how she survived down there, right? Yeah. So that part of it, while there are some questionable things, the the idea of her surviving for 30 years now makes sense if there's civilization and whatnot down there. Um, We mentioned it, how it was still annoying, but overall, the idea of there being civilization down there and her making connections and da-da-da, that works for me personally. That, that I was fine with that. Any other uh, thoughts there? Nah, I mean, it was cool. It, it was nice world building. It was giving us a nice story, like you said, on how she survived down there. Um, I'm okay with that part. It's just shit that she did that annoyed me. But outside of that, you know, uh, using her basically as the character to help build the lore around that world was a smart move. Okay. Yeah. I feel I like they that. didn't dive as much into the quantum realm as they could have, but still. Yeah, but yeah, like I said, I'm glad they used Janet as well. It was just, I wish you'd explain this before everybody pretty much got sucked into this, and at least some foreshadowing would have helped in this situation. Not just you did what? Oh, did I do something wrong? Yeah, but I I can't tell you why it's wrong. What? Like you know what they about to face and you still not helping them. That was the part that was annoying. Like you still not giving us no hints about how bad this could be. My man's Michael Douglas. He played his role. He looked at her like, so so why can't she do this? We worked on this. Like why, why can't she do it? I can't tell you either. You with me, bruh. <laughs> now, when we look at this world, the first thing that struck me. Star Wars. Um, if you know me, you know I'm not a Star Wars person. And that sucks for you. I, um. have, I have limits as far as sci-fi goes. And I was like, I don't know if I'm going to enjoy this movie. But as soon as I started seeing these creatures and stuff, I was like, oh, man. Watching this, I was like, this is like, and I don't mean this in a bad way. This is like those old Star Wars ripoffs that people tried to make back in the day. Like it gives that vibe, like the science fiction vibe that mixed with like some fifth element. Yeah. Minus but they spared you because 
instead of you having to translate or read subtitles the whole movie, they just went ahead and gave them some quote unquote liquid that made them all which understand made no sense. language. Yeah, because they all spoke differently. Like, yeah. Right. It was the uh the babble juice. Um that tower of babble juice. It just makes language, it translates everything. Um it after they gave him the babble juice, it, it worked for me a little bit more. Like as long as everybody was making sense, I wasn't hearing bleep blorp and bleep. <laughs> like could, in Star Wars and shit. Yeah, I could work with it after that. So Klingon from Star Trek. Or like they could have done the thing where uh Janet was the only one that could understand them because she like learned the languages while she was down there. So, but that would have fucked it up because Janet wasn't with Scott and Cassie. So. exactly. Like that would have got real annoying real fast. Um, so let's get into the, the big, the big, the big, uh, the big bad, if you will. Okay. So we learn why Janet, what didn't want to share what she was doing for two reasons. First of all, Bill Murray apparently was, was, was getting clapping them cheeks. Yeah. And Janet was busting it down for, I'm sorry. What? (laughs) It was for Bill Murray. (laughs) What about Bob? You know what I'm saying? Hey, shout out to Hank for being a mature man and realizing his wife was down there for like decades. Then he hit that mug. You know, and I was busy get too. salty that that she was smashing somebody up because he was hitting something else too. He said I was busy too. You know what I'm saying? You, I think look, that was I actually got a was reference alone. to a character in the comics that he used to. Probably not mistaken. Probably. Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah, I um, knew. I knew y'all would know. You know, but, <laughs> it's comic <kind of> books. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I thought that that scene was handled well. It could have been the stereotypical guy gets super upset thing, but he was like, you know what? I got it into, and she didn't seem bothered by that either. So they they seem to have a very mature relationship, which was cool. Um, but then we also find out that she almost helped Kang escape until she realized what Kang was, and she did the little last minute destruction of the thing with the pim particles and. That's the part I think that makes me really, really upset that she wouldn't tell them, hey, there's this dude in the quantum realm that's going to be stuck there as long as he don't get no pim particles. Why would you not tell that to the other people with the pim particles? That's all she had to say. She had to get into no details about it. Just, hey, be careful about going into the quantum realm or dabbling with the quantum realm because there's this terrible, horrible, scary world destroyer timeline destroyer not just world timeline he destroyed an entire timeline and he's stuck down there unless he gets some pimp particles that's that's all she had to say now would they have gotten curious maybe but that's all now you at least gave them the opportunity to make the decision to not make to make sure this man didn't get no pimp particles but she didn't do that we get the king thing uh now i assume both of y'all watched loki i know you did reese shot i assume you watched loki the show Yeah, I did. Okay. So we were introduced to Kang and Loki as far as MCU goes. He has the whole 20-minute breakdown of who he is, what he is, why he is. We got that in that in that show. But we know that not everybody watches the shows. So this movie is acting as an introduction to Kang for those people. People that had watched the show had a little bit more context, could fill in the blanks. 
do you think they did enough introducing Kang in this movie for people that did not watch the show? Yes, absolutely. I think someone could not watch Loki at all and still get the gist of Kang and his purpose and what he is. But that's how they pretty much did four and five, making some of the shows a waste. But if you love Marvel, you watched them anyway. Yeah, they did a pre- his backstory. It was nice seeing his backstory with Janet, then building that friendship. Because even though he's a menacing person, I think he really did cherish the friendship they had built there until she betrayed him. Uh, you could tell, like just Jonathan. Jesus Christ, Jonathan Majors is fucking amazing. Jonathan Majors' facial expressions just throughout this fucking movie, just like when she touched the core and he looked over and he could just tell that she was saying things and he's just like ah shit here we go <laughs> like, like when your girl when you walk in the room and your girl got your phone in her hand <laughs> and you know she saw that dm facts even if you didn't respond to it you know she saw it and you know you ain't gonna be able to get past it that's that's what it was um i'm sure that's what he channeled when he when he got into that zone for that <laughs> But, uh, you know, Jonathan Majors was my first Best Supporting Actor winner for the Bibbs Corner Awards for Last Black Man in San Francisco. So I always enjoy when an actor I knew before it became a household name, like starts to blow up. Um, So that's exciting to me. But he killed it. I think as far as I'm concerned, watching Loki would have helped. But I do think they did enough in this movie, especially in the post credits where you see all the different kings. I will say in uh, the actual movie, he alludes to the idea that someone sent him down there. But I don't he didn't make it clear that it's other versions of him. I don't think if I recall correctly, I think he kind of did because he said he was going to get revenge on them. But it could have been anybody. It could be. I think I mean. Well, maybe it's just me. I I knew he was talking about the Council of Kings. We knew that. Yeah, we knew that. He said they were afraid of him, but I don't think in the movie he revealed that there were different versions of him. If he did, I don't remember. He did um, remember. He did. That's why he kept talking about time and different universes. He's pretty much saying that he wasn't the only one. But I mean, was he? Did he make it clear that the direct other no. versions of him specifically? Like, cause it could be just other people out there from different timelines. That's what I'm saying. Did he make it direct? No. I think someone did ask him what makes you different from the others or something like that. I thought that was in Loki. So I said it wasn't direct. No, yeah. I think that was in this. That was in it. That was in this. Conversation between Janet. Janet. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't. Yeah. Like I said, it just wasn't direct. I don't think he told anybody. Like at the end of this movie, Paul Ant Man doesn't fully under, doesn't fully grasp what he just what he just encountered no he that's why he knows. was like is it over yeah is it really like, over like all what did he mean says to him is that he told him that too pretty there much. will be others coming or that there will be something worse he never told them there were more of him right and i like that they did it that way because, yeah again we know and people who watch the show know but people who watch the movie, this is an introduction to, to them of King. And he's saying a lot of stuff that's alluding to ominous possibilities. 
but he's not being very clear about it. Ant-Man doesn't fully understand what the hell he's talking about. And I don't think a lot of the audience goers were, were going to understand as well. And then you, it becomes, it's revealed then in the post credit scene, what he was talking about. Yeah. When we see the, the, like you said, the council of Kings and that was cool to me. And I think it sets up a interesting thing for the next event, uh, Avengers movie. Um, I think that I saw some complaints and y'all probably saw this too about, I saw some person say, you know, Marvel needs to stop wasting these villains, you know, Gore, we didn't get to see him. We only got to see him kill like one guy or two guys. We didn't get to see how dangerous he was before he was killed off. Um, And now they're doing the same thing with Kang. And I'm like, this wasn't supposed to be the Kang, the final Kang. Like the idea of Kang is that they're, are multiple versions of Kang and each one could be that one. Okay. I've um, to answer Reese's question from earlier, the name was escaping me and I was like, okay, it was Tigra. That's who Hank Pym did it. Tigra? Yes. And what, was- what? Yeah, like in the comic books. Yeah. How did Pym? Because remember, yeah, Hank Pym, remember, he was married before Janet. And then he met, he dated Tiger as well. But what is Tiger's real name? I cannot remember right now. No, he said a woman's real name in that scene. Yeah, he did. Whose name sounded familiar. Uh, we'll figure it out. But yeah, he the did Kang it. thing. Investigative journalism. You're now right. Look, as far now as I'm about Kang to see goes, As far as like Kang prom. Um. I think Kang Prime, since we're already on post-credit scenes, might be the one we saw in the very last. Which, the the main one that was talking in the... No, the one that we saw in basically a clip of Loki. Oh, uh, Frederick Douglass. Basically. <laughs> um, I think that might be Kang Prime. I'm not going to lie. I get why people... I didn't mind the post-credit scene. I actually liked it because it's a return to form of old MCU where this isn't just some contained story bullshit and it's not just a mid-credit scene setting up the next sequel it's a mid-credit scene setting up the mcu moving forward like this is a big thing uh like a lot of people were saying oh man i think the mid-credit scene from shang she is going to play into kang and it still might but we haven't seen that yet as far as the, the Kang Dynasty is still coming, so yeah. Yeah, Kang Dynasty is still coming. Um, a lot of people didn't like this mid-credit scene because they said it looked kind of goofy, and I'm not going to lie. I don't blame them. A lot of them motherfuckers... These sound effects were like... Yeah, and they was like, Yeah, and I was like, is he part in Baku too? Like, what's going on? <laughs> I was like, a little bit of it was goofy. Um, But I'm not going to lie. I wish they did not kill the Kang in this, like... I thought they were just gonna trap him down there again. Yeah, but humorously, just, he was the quote unquote weakest one out of all of them. That that bothered me. What I wanted him to be like the one. He was a bit menacing, but it's Jonathan Majors, so I trust him to bring different performances to each of these kings. I just don't want it to be like, oh, here's a king. No, he's oh, oh he here's the king. Showed no, his versatility when they were having that dialogue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I, I I'm excited to see where what they do with this Kang situation. And Jonathan Majors was a brilliant casting decision because of his range, his ability to tap into multiple. Like he's having conversations with some, himself as three different characters at the end of the movie in the post credit scene, um, and each one could be a different level of dangerous. Um, I'm excited about that. Linda Carter is who they believe was referenced. Linda not to, Carter. Not the Wonder Woman actress, but Linda oh, okay. Carter. It was a character that was created in 1961. Yes, yes. You're absolutely correct. Um, yeah, that's that's the name he said. Yeah. But in the comic book, inspired by the Seager. night nurse character. Go ahead, what were you saying? Yeah, but I was like in the comics, it was Tigra. But yeah, he did say Linda in the um, movie. So I was very confused by that. But I was like, no, you had a wife before this. And then you were Janet. And I know you mess around with another character, but I didn't know they were just going to put some random chick out there. So who knows where she's about to fall into this. May not. May have just been a throwaway line. Um. Oh, I had to hold on. Uh, I'm not reading that. All right. So we got the Kings. We got the introductions. We got the the complaints. Are there any complaints that you saw about this movie that that you either agree with or disagree with? I'll let y'all go first. <laughs> I read a little bit of Rotten Tomatoes, and I was just like, man, it's like I told you off mic. What did they expect? It's a it's a one is a Marvel movie too. It's an Ant Man movie. Yeah. So I'm like, yes, there was plot holes everywhere. Um, there was a lot of meat left on the bone, but for you to sit here and say you weren't at least fully entertained walking out of here, ridiculous. Yeah. I, um, the movie entertained me. The movie was not bad, like by any means. It it just didn't blow me away. Um, it was just okay. Uh, the first Ant-Man movie is much better than this one, in my opinion. And the second one is much worse. <laughs> um, but a lot of people, yeah, like 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 Sean was saying, I don't know if people were expecting a different thing from Ant-Man just because of the trailers. Like, it's still an Ant-Man movie. It's still going to be comedy. Not going to lie, I miss Luis a lot in this. I wish he was in the fucking quantum realm. Um, but I just feel like this movie missed some opportunities, especially with... Uh, Cassie and Scott. Um, obviously, it's an Ant-Man comedy movie and it's the MCU, so there's going to be times where comedy is inserted where it doesn't need to be in a serious moment. Um, yeah, like when um, they both got big and then yeah. they shrunk and she was talking about, I have this weird um, taste for lime. Well, that was and a callback to Civil War. To, yeah, when he asked, does anyone have any orange slices? Orange slices, yeah. Yeah, which I understood, but I still was just like, it's a battle going on. <laughs> it's like, what's going on here? Like, y'all Speaking getting shot at battle, as we speak. The 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 people, the the revolutionaries, the the rebellers, we did not spend nearly enough time with them. Like weak backstories. When Kang started clapping them, I did not care. Like, no, nah, when he busted open the battery head, dude, I was. <laughs> I felt yeah, boom. And you're just like, okay, who else? I was just like, (laughs) just keep going. All right. 
Like yeah, I was that hurt me. Cause we did was, not spend any time with these guys. Like I just and then the final mind joke chunk of them were in um captivity. The joke where the dude could read minds, it didn't hit for me. Like didn't laugh. Not one did not laugh. Like I'm like, okay, so what is he saying? There were just moments here where I was like, all right, starting to get bored. Like, what's what's going on? Modoc looked fucking ridiculous and Gotta talk about Modoc. I mean, he's Modoc. What are you supposed uh, to hold up? Hold up, hold up. You ain't let me finish. You ain't let me finish. <laughs> a lot of people are complaining, like, you know, they don't like how they use Modoc. And I heard some people compare it to how they use Taskmaster and Black Widow. I completely disagree. Okay. Because Modoc's ridiculous and Modoc cannot be taken seriously on the big screen. Like, you cannot adapt Modoc to live action and expect it to be a serious character. Now, if Modoc the character always looked how he did when he had that armor down, that would be fucking amazing. Like yeah, that, I could take that character seriously. They should have left that. Like that would have been fire. That would have been fire. But Darren Cross's big baby head, like, and then they showed how he became Modoc, and they showed his little baby ass and baby feet. Like that made I me was, laugh. <laughs> I go hold you. <laughs> I was just like, yo, what what is this? But. They As the co- and the comic book nerd in me was pissed at Modoc because I'm like, he's semi menacing. I wish they saved Modoc as a Miss Marvel villain. Let me tell you, I can give and you that's kind of a that's kind of because of the Avengers game as well, but still, I can give you the whole history of them trying to get Modoc in these movies. I wrote it down. Run it down. They've been trying to get Modoc on the big screen since 1997. The fuck. The original Iron Man script, Modoc was the villain. Ew. 1997, they sat down and said, we're going to make an Iron Man movie with Modoc as the villain. Whoever case, the script was clearly rewritten and they got Modoc up out of there. That was 1997. The next time he was almost in the big screen or on the screen, if you will, was Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season five, they were going to bring him in. Oh my god, that would have been bad. I love Asians of Shield, but on television, I could not (laughs) on television. That would have been and you know, that would have probably been like a two part episode. (laughs) That would have got the show canceled. (laughs) Like I said, that would have been probably like those last two would have been the last two. I, I like up until he was on the screen, I didn't know how they could have put him on screen. I found out he was going to be in this movie right before I walked into the movie because I just so happened to check the cast list and I saw old buddy's name beside Modoc. I was like, huh? And I was like, whatever. I'm going to just see it. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Modoc? I probably would have never watched that show again. <laughs> I'm telling you, it did something corny. They would have like showed them being together, like being put together. Oh, hey, and they all pulled of a sudden, off Ghost Rider. So. Ghost Rider was fire. But I will say, though, Corey Stoll did a fantastic job m- making this character entertaining. Like, yeah, that scene where he was like, Scott, you were always like a brother to me. To me. He said, I was. <laughs> he was like, he was like, I'm yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just like, what? He said, I died in a adventure. Yeah, yeah, you did. Like, bro, <laughs> Ant Man ain't even got the clout to appoint motherfuckers Avengers. Like, what we talking about? 
No, speaking of that, oh, that was like another one of my favorite lines. Speaking of Avengers, I thought you were Thor. Yeah, I can see how you could get that <laughs> similar builds, <laughs> similar body types, you know, similar body types. <laughs> get I it all the time. Done. I ain't done. I like that they alluded to the fact that Kane killed the Avengers before, but right. that yeah, was good. I think that was good for sure. The next time he almost made an appearance, so that would have been 2013 in Ages of Shield. 2014. I feel like it would have been in like a Captain America movie. Winter Soldier was when they were going to bring him in. That would not have been I good for that movie. They, they were going to make Peter Dinklage the character. Okay, that would have been fucking amazing. Like, you don't got to put him in a suit. He's already little. Right. I so, don't like you, bro. Then again, they <laughs> probably couldn't do that because Peter Dinklage was in X-Men Days of Future Past around that year. Was that 2014? I think that was 2014. Yeah. Hmm. That would have been interesting. That um, would have been interesting. So that was the next time. And then uh, at the end, at the last second, they decided to go with... Uh, who did they switch him out for? Robert Redford. Robert Redford's character, Alexander Pierce. Yeah. Yeah. So they decided to go with, with uh, Alexander Pierce instead. Then they almost put him in Infinity War. Or why? I don't or know if he's supposed to do an infinity. <laughs> what is that fetish with Modoc? They, I mean, they made the animated show, which I got through like half of. It was way too much. It was way too much for me. I didn't watch it. Uh, I think who was it? Um, what's the little short comedian dude that's like in every Marvel property? Patton Oswalt. I think. Oh, he, okay. Love Patton Oswalt. I think he did the voice. Um. And then Keith David was actually supposed to play him in the New Warriors show. The new what? New Warriors, which that got canceled. Yeah. Keith David. Keith. Yes. So Modoc would have been a menacing figure. Like I said, it would have been like the comic books. Like this version is. You know who Keith David is, right? Yeah. Okay. That's why I said it like that. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, it would have been like the comic books a little bit more. But you, you, everybody else would have been like, what? I'm like, hey. Did that show come out? Character. Warriors came no, I don't think Warriors came out. It says yeah. one episode. Yeah, they, that thing, they got out. They ordered a pilot and said, never mind. But yeah, MODOK didn't ruin the movie for me. To be honest, if you took MODOK out of this movie, it's, it doesn't change anything. But um. I hated not. Nah, we brought up Cassie earlier. I hated their interaction as well. Modoc and Cassie. Yeah, I hated that part because it I, literally it was stale. Like I just said that. Like, okay, is this supposed to be funny? Is she teaching him a life lesson here? Why is she telling him not to be a dick? Like, why is this happening? <sighs> He said it again, and it was kind of funny, but it was still like, why was that dialogue happening? Yeah, I think I, I just was looking at some of the reviews, and one of the reviews was like, every Cassie Lang's dialogue was the worst. Yeah, it was. Um, and maybe maybe I shouldn't. The fact that. that Reese put his head as I'm going to look at something real quick. <laughs> Once I, I brought that part up, he said, oh, he's talking about Cassie being mid again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe I shouldn't be so hard on Catherine Newton. Maybe it was the writing. No, that uh, dude, she couldn't. It's both. Act. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a terrible combination. <laughs> yeah. Um, poor writing and just poor execution. So 
for this is just an Easter, not an Easter egg, but just another thing. Uh, the scars on his face were supposed to mark symbol the markings on his mask from the comics. Yeah, I kind of I caught that. Um, <clears throat> and Bill Murray apparently has been trying to be in the MCU for a long time. I can fucking tell. And, and uh, he was playing. He was overacting. This was a fucking cameo. And then he they was to see him again after that, right? Never like, saw him again because he was gone. He had to fade out. He actually asked Catherine Newton if he could be in his movie. Like if she was being in his movie, I don't. What he asked her for? Talked like this. I didn't dig into that deeper because it was just a weird. And he just kept talking so slow, like this. I don't know. know I've missed you, Janet. That her grandpa, maybe. Like he was. Yeah, I was like, this the first time Bill Murray just wasn't doing it for me in a movie. Like you were better in Zombie Land. I was like, how are you better in Zombie Land? Doesn't make any sense. All right, so this movie, you know, we have a past, Jen. I said this movie is a direct line into Phase Five. I think that the Council of Kings or whatever is letting us setting us up for the future as far as the Avengers movies goes, and then the scene with Loki sets up. I think probably season two of the TV show. Um, they're gonna be. It's gonna be a lot of Kang going on. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he sprinkled throughout some other movies as well. I don't know which movies, but or like I feel like he's because Kang will return. Like, well, each of the next uh, movies, each uh, group is gonna or person is gonna be fighting a version of Kang. Like, I hope not. That's gonna get old as fuck. But if they at least like allude to him in some post credit scenes, thing. Only person that would be happy for that is Jonathan Majors, because that means he's going to be consistently working. Facts. <laughs> I don't think that's something he got to worry about. And that's another thing. People, I saw people complaining like... Me um, and Bib said that like... They're wasting Jonathan Majors, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't think he's... There's gonna more. <laughs> there's more coming. And then, yeah, me and Bib talked about this like... He literally has a movie coming out next month. And he had one like a couple months ago. Like People were like, uh, y'all coming out to see Jonathan Majors in this wait this waste of a movie, but y'all didn't support his last movies. Like, well, we'll maybe we'll support him next month. Like, what? Like he was in uh, what Devotion was it? Which is oh, on, that was the name of the movie. It's on Paramount Plus now, I think. But uh, it it flopped or whatever, and people were complaining. And it's like the money he's about to get for Marvel, he can make whatever movie he want after this. Facts. So I'm not gonna cry for him, and I think he's gonna be okay. Person. All right. Before we get out of here, I have to ask. I always ask, and kind of both of you have already mentioned, but one scene that stuck with you from this movie and that you think will stick with people. If y'all are hesitant, I'll drop my my first the first thing that comes. Yeah, drop yours because I'm gonna have to think about. It's between one or two for me, but I want to hear yours first because if you choose one of mine, I'll pick the other one. So it's not really a scene, actually. It's just something that happened in this movie that was cool to me. So I mentioned, um, and we mentioned how they were there wasn't enough of the side characters, but Katie M. O'Brien as Gentora, her weapon was fire. Like she was hitting people and they would just turn in as disintegrating, yeah. Just, yeah, they would dematerialize. That was fire to me. And it was the weapon was so dope that I kind of wanted to see more of her, and I don't know if I will. You probably won't. He 
nerd in me was like, man, that sort of looks like Rita Repulsa's staff right there. It definitely did. <laughs> Maybe it was inspired by it. Um, I don't care if I ever see her character again. Yeah, and they were like in captivity, like what a good chunk of the movie. So yeah, that was a choice. They didn't have to keep them in captivity most of the movie. Yeah, that was a choice to not. That was a reason to not write them shit. But anyway, um, the scene that stuck with me was the uh, scene when Janet discovered you know, who he really is, just his dialogue and, and facial expressions in that movie. I think that's when we really get to see how menacing he really is because he's like, I can take you home. And she's like, and then what? What will you do then? And he just looks straight like at the camera. He says, when? And I'm just like, this motherfucker is serious. <laughs> like, this motherfucker is the real deal like even when he was beating at man's ass that was I'm what like, i was gonna give like that was my other one i was like yeah this is how it should go you, it, it reminded me of the hope versus thanos scene when i was i was thinking in my head i was like i ain't seen an ass whooping like this since thanos put them paws on hulk like to the point he didn't want to be hulk no more he didn't want to be hulk no more. <laughs> that was that was definitely my that would have been my, my choice for a scene i definitely wanted to mention old girl because i didn't mention it earlier i meant to but uh yeah, when the, the the end fight where he's like basically telling Ant Man to stay down and Ant Man keeps getting up. I was waiting for him to say I can do this all day. That would piss me off, honestly. For me, it's silly it's silly, but it's true. Basically, his interactions in San Francisco were hilarious. <laughs> that was, those are the scenes for me. I like it. Especially the one. Where like he's like he got his co- coffee for free, and he he said thank you Spider Man. He's like I'm not Spider Man. I'm the other. He said oh. Then I was like he went back later on. Oh you're the other Bug Man. And dude made <laughs> Ant Man. He made him pay that twelve dollars for the coffee. Like damn, bro, Spider Man ain't even from San Francisco. Twelve dollars. <laughs> he said twelve. He said twelve dollars, huh? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> but you um, gave it to me for free yesterday. We thought it was Spider Man. Cold. And then when he went back to his old job for that cake, and oh, cake ugly, was, happy birthday! I came out of retirement for this cake. You should have stayed in retirement. <laughs> and then he bit it too. He's like, "Oh, that was how the movie ended." Ain't it? Yes, because <laughs> I had forgot about that the cake was supposed to be trash until that moment when he bit into it and spat it out. Yeah, that was that was funny. So yeah, it, for me, it was like his regular interactions because yeah and now we've already talked about kids. yeah like <laughs> like the one boy had the backpack and he like gave him a fist bump yeah I mean, he got five though i'm sorry the russell park callback i don't think i really mentioned it but randall park randall park randall park i don't know why i said russell oh probably okay um i'm about to say westbrook ain't in the all-star game motherfuckers. Uh, it was something on my phone okay. like randall park is like you can't forget him because he's literally on tv every week the scene from the previous to Dwayne. the scene from the previous movie where they had a little interaction and it was like uh what do you say i'll see you later or something like that and then they had a little back and forth about whether or not they would want to like grab coffee or something like that uh that was all improvised in that movie so i believe it it was cool to see the little like, beginning <laughs> montage where they're having coffee together. That was cool. Anything else we need to mention? 
No, that was it. I don't think so. I'm afraid to mention anything because we might go on a tangent and I got to get up out of here. But let's not ignore the fact that Kane got clapped by some ants. Yes. The ants threw him off. He wasn't yeah. ready for this. Motherfucker said, you talk to bugs. It was such. That's how Jonathan Major said it for real. I was like, I'm he made kid. them ants seem weak until like. But um, Hank had pretty much like, nah, these ants done advanced, bro. These these ants different. That was actually the minute they fell into the quantum zone. I was like, something gonna happen with them ants in this movie. That I didn't think it was gonna be that. that was and then all he just kept saying, "I told you they were smart." What just happened is anyway. I don't know. Yeah, I thought that was a good payoff because uh, they made the ants smart. It felt like it was for no reason, and then it ended up being a reason. So. Uh, before we get out of here, I do have to do this real quick. If you don't mind, you can mute if you want. But I got bills to pay. So if you're listening to this podcast, I got a couple partners I want to talk about. I'm just going to do one since I got a guest here. I'm not going to make Reese wait. Uh, but if Cinemark is your local theater, you got to get on that Cinemark Rewards plan. Now, they have two tiers for the Cinemark Rewards. The first is the Cinemark Movie Fan. It is a free tier. You sign up for it, you pay nothing, but you earn one point for every dollar you spend. You can redeem your points for tickets and other rewards. Uh, you'll get member access to screenings and advanced tickets. You'll get extra discounts on the discount Tuesdays with Cinemark, and you'll also get additional exclusive member offers as they arrive. Again, that's the free tier. You don't have to pay anything. Just sign up. If you're going to a Cinemark movie theater and you're not on this reward plan, you're just giving away money. Now, if you're a bigger moviegoer, you might want to consider that Cinemark movie club. It's $9.99 a month. You get all of the above. Plus, you get one free movie ticket a month. Again, that's paying for itself. If you go see one movie, 20% off all concessions. And if you upgrade the premium, you upgrade the premium by going to a certain number of movies in a year, it'll be up to 25% um, or platinum, not premium, 25% off of your concessions. Online fees are waived if you're a Cinemark Movie Club member. So if you're like myself, you like to buy your tickets ahead of time, I got, the, I got a, a plan where I have to pay fees to, to when, even when I'm purchasing online, even though I'm paying a subscription. With the Cinemark Movie Club, you don't pay any fees for buying online. Any unused ticket credit. So if you're a person, you're like, ah, I don't know if I want to do that $9.99 a month for one free ticket. What if I don't use my free ticket? It rolls over to the next month if you don't use it. So you don't lose it. You're guaranteed to be able to use that ticket eventually in the long run. And you'll get member pricing for any additional tickets you buy. For more info on the Cinemark Rewards, that's the movie fan or the movie club level, hit the show notes for details and sign up today. Now let's get back to this review. This was fun. Uh, MCU movies always, always going to be interesting. Uh, it's been weird since Endgame, I would say. This last phase wasn't it. I'm excited for the King, the King realm. The King, the, the 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 King series, whatever you want to call it, the King phase, phase King. We was Kings. Uh, 
made a face like Ice Cube. <laughs> um, I don't have here in front of me. I think Reese, we're gonna be back next week for the for the Cocaine Bear. Mm-hmm. That's gonna be uh, that's gonna be fun. And shot, I have you next for Creed Three. I'm seeing that. Did I sign up for Creed Three? You did not. Okay, I meant to. But you still can. I might say pull up for Creed Three. And then I got Tyler for Scream Six. So I'm uh, sorry for that too. <laughs> <laughs> you try to be the co-host? Like what are you doing? <laughs> I'm like, dang. But no, actually, I might skip movies. one. That's that's two in March. I might skip one of those. <laughs> Take your time. Go out on the Nobody signed up for Creed Shazam 3? or John Wick. Shazam, I'm, I'm gonna sign up for that one. I don't give a fuck about Shazam. I'm be honest. I'm gonna see after, it after Black <clears throat> Adam. We need um, to be avenged. And well, I just look, look, I just seen that man and I'm still like this. That movie was trash. <laughs> no comment. I ain't gonna talk about your friend right now. Um, but uh, you know, that was a dookie movie. Like Rick shot, like Reese said, we're gonna get off track. So I'm gonna get, up, get us up out of here. I got a, a lot of editing to do after we get out of here, but I appreciate y'all for coming through. Yeah, motherfuckers yelling at me in the group chat because I'm in charge of ordering the pizza. So. Oh, you ain't ordered the pizza? You could have did that digitally. Um. <laughs> until Reason next call time. In like old school. Until next time, folks. Peace. Peace. Peace.